Welcome to episode number 11 with Jamie Eason on the School of Greatness. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes. I'm an author, lifestyle entrepreneur, former pro athlete, and world record holder in football. My goal with the School of Greatness is to share with you stories from the most inspiring business minds, world-class athletes, and influential celebrities on the planet to find out what makes great people great. So please leave us a review on iTunes and join us on the web at schoolofgreatness.com to be notified of each episode when it comes out. Now let's get after it. Greats, thanks so much for hanging with me today. I'm super pumped about this episode. Now, I know many of you have requested that I bring on some female voices, and it's taken me to the 11th episode to bring on my first female guest, but I think you're going to appreciate this one. Her name's Jamie Eason. She's one of the top fitness models in the world, and she's a super sweetheart. She's got an amazing story, and I'm going to introduce her more in just a second, but I wanted to just say a few things really quick about uh, this podcast in general. I'm actually in Venice right now, Venice, just outside of LA, right near the beach. Uh, So you might hear some cars and some airplanes in the background right now while I'm talking. But uh, it's a beautiful day out, and I just wanted to show my appreciation for all of you. We're about to hit 100,000 downloads on this podcast. Uh, We were featured on the homepage of Stitcher and iTunes, so it's uh, it's been a huge... It's been, a, it's been a huge bump over the last few weeks since that's happened, and it's just been a lot of fun for me. So I'm excited to keep bringing you amazing guests, ideas, and inspiration for you each and every week. The goal is to continue doing this at least once a week. And you guys have been leaving me some uh, super amazing and inspiring reviews over on iTunes. If you haven't left a review yet, please go ahead and leave me a five-star review. One, uh, I just saw one today says simply the best from Ken91737 says whether you're an athlete, an entrepreneur, a salesperson, or a parent waiting to inspire and motivate yourself, your team, or your kids, you must listen to Lewis and the School of Greatness. Every day I listen to the podcast at the gym and on the road and I'm inspired to reach higher and go farther. So I'm excited about that. Thanks so much for leaving that review. Uh, another one by Chris, looks like Chris the Grump is the name. It's a pretty interesting name. It says, Outstanding. It says, The show is helping me construct a map to building success, not only career-wise, but mentally and physically. Great advice, great guests, a must-listen if you're seeking enlightenment in life. So I appreciate that. There's a bunch of great reviews. I appreciate all of you who are leaving one. Again, feel free to go over to iTunes and leave a five-star review with some of your thoughts. And go ahead and shoot a message over on Twitter, at Lewis Howes. Let me know what you're thinking about the show, what type of guests you'd like to have me bring on, what type of topics you'd like me to cover, and I'm happy to be uh, doing more of that in the future. So this is all about you guys. I want to make it about you and uh, give you some of the best inspiring content and guests as possible. With that, I'm going to introduce now Jamie Eason. I don't know about you, but when around 3 p.m. hits, I find myself craving the right refreshment to get me through that mid-afternoon slump. New Pure Leaf Zero Sugar Sweet Iced Tea is full-flavored sweet tea, but without the sugar and the calories. It might take several bottles for you to believe that a delicious sweet tea can really have zero sugar and zero calories. But you know what they say, life is full of surprises. Or in this case, full of flavor. New Pure Leaf Zero Sugar Sweet Iced Tea. Try it to believe it. For 20% off your next 12-pack, head to Amazon and use promo code 20PURELEAF. That's promo code 20PUREF for 20% off. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It's packed with benefits to help unlock more value from your business purchases. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. 
But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. Hey, everyone, and thanks again for coming on the School of Greatness. I've got my good friend Jamie Eason here. And if you guys don't know who Jamie is, she is a superstar in the fitness world. She's also an amazing writer. And I want you guys to check out some of her work because her writing is really amazing. But brief bio on Jamie. She's an American fitness model and writer. She's also a former NFL cheerleader and winner of the World's Fittest Model Competition. She's pretty much every time I go into a Barnes & Noble or – an airport. I see her on the cover of like every other magazine in the fitness world. So she's all over the covers of magazines and she is a full-time spokesperson for bodybuilding.com. So Jamie, thanks so much for coming on and hanging out today. Uh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for asking me. <laughs> and we met actually, it was about two years ago, I think at summit series back in, uh, in Miami we took a cruise, a big group of us took a cruise to the Bahamas for a day. We had a fun time jet skiing, and I think we saw a bunch of stingrays one day and a uh, whole, whole lot of good times. I remember that. Yeah, that was awesome. That was a really good memory. That was good times. But now Jamie is married and she's pregnant. I think you're about halfway through your pregnancy. Is that right? <laughs> I am. I'm at 21 weeks. So she's got a little belly so five now. Five months, that helps people, I think. We, we do it by weeks. Everybody else is probably months. So a little over five months. <laughs> okay. So you're, you've got a little belly now, so you can't do cover shoots anymore for a while. Is that right? That's true, but I, I actually got asked to do a few little pregnancy fitness things. They haven't happened yet. I think they want me to show a little bit more <laughs> so that, you know, I guess it's real obvious when I'm doing the workout. But that should be interesting. <laughs> nice. Even when you're... Even when you got a big belly, they still want you for the cover. That's great. I love it. I'm grateful for it. That's for sure. (laughs) So tell us really quickly about how you got involved in the world of fitness. And were you always a fit person? Um, Actually, I was never a super fit person. I've always been kind of athletic. You know, I had a brother growing up, so I was trying to do what he did, an older brother. But and I played sports a little bit in school and was a cheerleader in high school. But um, I, as I got older, I really, I really neglected my health. I was especially when I went to college. I mean, I did freshman fifteen like everybody. Uh-huh. I was eating two burgers and two fries for two bucks like every single night at Burger King. Wow, <laughs> not good. Yeah, not good. But I was never seriously overweight. I was just what you would call skinny fat. Mm. I had no muscle tone to speak of. I um, I was in my 20s and already getting cellulite, and wow. I just cursed my mom for that. I just figured that was part of it, you know. <laughs> but um, I never really looked at my eating as that bad because I thought, you know, like lean pockets and all these diet foods. I thought, well, I'm doing the best I can. I'm eating pretty good. I only do the two burgers, two fries, you know, late at night on the weekend. <laughs> but... I had a really weird awakening when um, when I got out of college and my first job, um, I was actually, I actually had to go to work for my grandfather. He had um, a health condition and the doctor required him to kind of take off and rest for a while. And um, I had to run the family roofing business of all things. So I, while I was running this roofing business, a girlfriend of mine, because I grew up dancing, um, my grandmother had a dance school with Patrick Swayze's mom. So growing up doing that, she said, well, come with me to these auditions. I didn't know what I was getting into. I showed up. There were 1,600 girls. And by some miracle, I made it. And I became a captain on the team. Well, before the um, season ended, unfortunately, I found a lump in my breast. And I went in to the doctor and um, found out that it was, in fact, cancer. It was very early stage, so I was extremely fortunate. To, it was superficial, so I could feel it. Mm. They cut it out. Um, I had very minimal treatment, and so everything was good. And it didn't even wake me up enough to realize then that I was kind of still being unhealthy. Mm. I, I continued to eat the crud I was eating, and um, I thought I was exercising enough, doing the cheerleading, that kind of thing. Well, because of the treatment, so I had to go a few times, I ended up actually having to quit the squad and going back to a regular desk job, it really took its toll mm. on my body. So I went from college and being really active and then cheerleading being active and then desk job and it was like nothing. <laughs> so right. um, 
So needless to say, I didn't look, I just didn't look the same. And plus I was getting older. And oddly enough, the cancer stuff returned again at 28. So that's a big stretch of time in between there. And um, it wasn't that again. It was the same same spot. I actually had been going for my regular checkups. This time they were a little more aggressive with it and gave me a little um, more harsh treatment. And that was really my epiphany, my moment of, you know, why did this come back? I really need to figure this out and, and quit treating my body, you know, the way I've been treating it. I wasn't a big drinker. I never did drugs or anything like that. But I, um, I just, I was always eating without any thought of what I was eating. I ate whatever I want. So anyway, long story short, I ended up going to a nutritionist who um, recommended a trainer. She was a bodybuilder who I scared the crowd out of me, and I've thought in a million years I'd be training with a bodybuilder. But she was incredible and just what I needed because if there's anybody that knows how to take your body to like the highest level possible, those people aesthetically know what they're doing, right. and they will push you and push you. So, and, and most people are afraid they're going to look like some big, huge monster type person, especially as a female. But, um, I mean, you, you use the mirror as your judge. You can, you can always stop. You can always stop. And it's, um, and most of us don't have enough testosterone or enough perseverance to really be in the gym like some of these people are. They're really dedicated. Mm. So, anyway, um, in just a short little while, I went from nearly 30% body fat. Again, I was skinny. I was just flabby. Um, oh, and for the, I used to wear two pairs of tights whenever I was a Texan cheerleader. Wow. So that people didn't know that my legs jiggled. A lot of the girls do. I, it was really weird. I always thought that was in shape when I saw all those girls. And then I got into the world of fitness and I found out what being really in shape was about. Mm. So no, no more double pairs of tights. I need them right now while I'm pregnant. <laughs> but no more, no more other than that. I try really hard to to keep the food clean and, and stay in shape. But um, anyway, I ended up, after seeing that nutritionist in Houston, his name's Keith Klein, he's just unbelievable. The guy is full of knowledge. I mean, as long as I've been in the industry, probably almost nine years now, I learned more from him and I still continue to than anyone else. So he's just great. But um, he pushed me to do a little local competition. There was probably 10 people in the whole show, so it really wasn't hard to win and I was actually in the best shape of my life, and um, I ended up walking away with, with the trophy. They asked me to come back the next day, and I, and I competed with the, um, the higher class, the, the pros, and, um, and I won that too. So immediately it was like, who's this, who's this tiny little petite girl with all this muscle? And I looked a little different. I had really short hair. All the girls had really long hair, and, um, and people just were kind of talking about it. They were like, Who, where'd she come from? Who is this? Some, of, some people knew my story, and um, this, this lady saw me in the audience and wanted me to do a local little workout um, kind of ad, and um, I didn't know what I was doing, but I just said, okay, I'll do it. So I showed up the next day to do the little workout. I was constipated in the whole shoot. I was terrified <laughs> and horrible, but I made it through, and that was oh, that's when the light bulb went on. Like I made money during that, mm. and here I spent all this money to try to to get up on stage and, you know, have a goal to just compete and buying suits and painting and all this stuff. And um, and I made some money back. And so I thought, hey, maybe there's a job somewhere in here. So I started researching, you know, what's the fitness model about and went to Barnes & Noble, sat down with a pen and pad one day. And I, I'm glad I was almost 30 when I started this because I was smart enough to know, okay, I don't have a lot of money. I, I don't really know about modeling and going to a model school or if it was really even feasible. I mean, I'm 5'2", and I was 100 pounds soaking right at the time. So, um, You say 5'2", anyway, 100 pounds? I was tiny, yeah. When I competed, I was 98 pounds. Oh, my tiny. goodness. Yeah, and I walked around at, at about 108, and right now, halfway through my pregnancy, I'm about 122. So this wow. is a big shock for me. <laughs> <laughs> But even, even at my heaviest in college, which was about um, 114, I, I, I was, I looked completely different. Now I can have mm. muscle at like maybe 110. That's always my goal is to have muscle at 110. I actually try to get a little heavier because I look fuller and better. Right. Um, and I don't get as gaunt. You know, I'm, I'm a little narcissistic. You know, I'm in my 30s. I'm late 30s, actually. I'll be 37 when the baby's born. 
And um, I, I don't like when my face looks really withdrawn. I, I want everything to look healthy, head to right. toe. Right. So, um, so anyway, I was, I was a really tiny little peanut um, when I first started. And um, and that's, that's all part of my story, too, because I started off really just in the competition mode, and I was a little extreme. And I found out really quickly that the competition stuff, it's really hard for one, and I commend those people that can do it all the time because I certainly couldn't. Mm. Um, but it, it really wasn't the look that was going to work for fitness modeling. I found that out quickly because I went to New York thinking um, after a few people, you know, they did whenever I had gone to Barnes & Noble and looked up all the photographers shooting for magazines. That's what I was saying earlier. And when I um, when I did that, I just Googled them all, found them online, and just said, hey, you know, my name's Jamie Eason. Um, you know, I, I, I'm new to all this. I sent them this little pitiful picture, you know, me in a sports bra and shorts, <laughs> that size, you know. And I just said, if I come to you, can I test shoot with you, you know, and it was, they were pitiful, and I mean, the pictures were awful. But I, I got really lucky because after waiting a couple months, now it didn't happen automatically, but one of them answered me and said, hey, you know, if you can come to L.A. and shoot, um, I'll test shoot you and submit you to the magazine. And so I did that. The very first shoot I did with a professional photographer that already works with the people I want to work with, um, I got a 17-page layoff. Oh, my gosh. And Shortly after, I got the cover of that magazine. Wow. So it just kind of snowballed from there because um, I figured out really quickly that the best way to get into the industry was going to have the right right look, the right hair, the right makeup, the right you know clothing, lighting, you name it. And it's the photographers that know that stuff. Mm. They shoot it all the time. But I wanted the ones that were currently being published, not right. just any guy with a camera or photographers that are aspiring and give you a great portfolio. Social media is huge and the internet is massive. You get lost in all that stuff. Right. So I just went directly to the source and it seemed to work for me and it's worked for me for years. But anyway, I, I could go on and on and on. So I'll let you, I'll let <laughs> you help me regroup. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Uh, a couple things I wanted to talk about. One, I hear a lot of women, especially you know women in their 20s and early 30s talking about who are probably five two to five seven, a hundred and ten to one hundred and thirty five pounds, who are that skinny fat? They look okay from the out, you know, on the outside they look okay, they look skinny, they look you know f- somewhat healthy or fit, but really they're twenty five thirty five percent body fat, and they're not healthy because they're really not eating that well. They just seem to have they seem to stay skinny for whatever reason, but they're not fit. They don't have muscle tone. And right. a lot of those women talk about, I don't want to lift weights because I don't want to look good, good bulky and big. And you have been doing bodybuilding style workouts for a number of years. And I wouldn't say that you are bulky or big in any way. You're still 110 pounds. You. <laughs> you look, I mean, you look fitter than you've ever looked. You said you used to be an NFL cheerleader, which is like, you know, people would think is a top fit woman and you look way better now than you did then. And uh, it's it's because of the way you've been eating and training at the same time. Is that correct? It's very true. You know, I, I put out a trainer online that was free through my company called The Lift Fit Trainer. And before I did that, um, it, it was actually the real and true way that I train and I eat. Mm. And I just condensed it into a 12-week program so that people would have kind of a beginning and an end goal. But um, but I put my family through it before mm. I actually put anybody else through it. And one of those people was my mom. Now, my mom's almost 60 years old. I'll be 37 soon. So she, um, it's funny, when I first brought her the the whole concept of everything, it was only on a couple sheets of paper, and I just said, look, I wrote down everything that I do. I gave you all these exercises. And um, my mom, I must get it from her. She's a hardhead. Immediately, she was like, Ooh, I don't like this kind of food, and and I don't and I trade this for that. And I was like, Mother, just eat what's on the paper. <laughs> and I said, Also, because that's the clean food, and that's really what I wanted her to have. And right. I wanted her to have um, the right portions. And um and that's another thing. I'm not a stickler on on calories and macros and all that kind of stuff. I, I get crazy when I read all that stuff online because unless you hook somebody up to machines and you know what their body fat to muscle ratio is, how their thyroid functions, what the resting metabolic rate is, I mean, it's always the best guess anyway. Mm. So when somebody hands you a 1,200-calorie diet, you know, it's, 
that's that's bogus. That may that might be a starting off point, but that's not really exactly the number that you need. How do you figure that out? Well, that's what bodybuilding is about. For years and years and years, these people train and they tweak their diet ever so slightly to get better and better results. Mm. So you really just have to have a, a really good base diet with really good simple portions and really, really great consistency. That's the key is the consistency. So, so anyway, I convinced my mom to eat the food, but it was so funny because she was like, well, I don't want to do all this weight training because... I don't want to get big and bulky like you. And I was like, Mother, not even on the best day of your life for you to know about me. So <laughs> <laughs> like, y'all worked hard for this. But um, but anyway, she she was a little stinker. She didn't she did the whole program without anything except for doing her food and walking around the block. And she went from an eight ten to a size two in mm. three months just with the food and walking. Wow. But when she got done, she was not happy with the way she looked because even though she was a lot smaller, she was still pretty soft and flabby. Yeah. So she wanted to do it again and do it the right way. And that's the thing that I think a lot of people miss is, you know, from the moment we're born, gravity's pulling us down the rest of our life. Mm. So unless you do something to resist that and lift it up and put it in a better place. I mean, nobody wants a skinny flat butt. Everybody wants, you know, a tight tongue butt. So you have to do something, you have to lift some weight to actually build that up. Mm. And that's one of the big things I'm always trying to convince women is it takes a lot of work to really, really seriously build muscle. It takes testosterone, it takes the balance of those hormones, it takes the proper food. You know, there's there's a formula for it. So don't yeah. expect to just go in there and lift a whole bunch of a weight and suddenly you're going to be some big bulky, you know, much to a girl. It just doesn't happen. Yeah. And I mean, I think in most guys' opinion, a, a, a woman who is physically fit and has some muscle tone is much sexier than a skinny fat girl. So just a girl who's skinny. So that's, that's just my general overview on what men think of, but maybe it's different for each guy, but I definitely think... Hey, I think your opinion matters. I think that's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. One of my favorite parts about my job is that I get the opportunity to travel a lot. And in fact, I'm recording this right now while I'm in Mexico. And actually, I was thinking about something that I wanted to share because I get a lot of questions from so many people about different side hustle ideas. So here's one for those of you out there that are on the go a lot like I am or traveling a lot. When you're staying in your Airbnb on your trips, have you ever thought about how you could be making extra money by hosting through Airbnb while your home is vacant? If you're interested in an extra stream of income, Airbnb hosting is an easy place to start and it's like giving your home some company while you're away your home might be worth more than you think find out how much at airbnb.com slash host so listen we all know life is full of yada yada like those quote unquote free trials that somehow still charge your card for something or when companies have those sneaky gotchas hiding deep in the fine print and i know you've dealt with yada yada before like those bills that keep going up and up for no reason at all or when budget airlines promise a cheap fare but then charge you for every little thing until you realize you're paying more than you would have somewhere else and yes it is possible to outsmart yada yada like triple checking airline deals to make sure all you need is already included but you don't take yada yada in life so don't take yada yada from your wireless provider metro by t-mobile has no contracts no credit checks no surprises and nada yada yada stop by one of over six thousand metro stores nationwide When you get a new car or a new home, your first reaction might be to say things like, oh yeah, or I can't believe it, or booyah. But what you really want to say is the one thing that can get you the help you need. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm is there with the coverage you need for your car, your home, and even boats, motorcycles, RVs, and other things that matter to you. With a State Farm agent, you know someone is there to help you choose the coverage you need. With so many coverage options, it feels good knowing you can find what fits for you. And when you need ways to get help, State Farm gives you options there too. Too. in person or on the phone with your local agent or on statefarm.com where their award-winning app State Farm lets you do things your way. So when you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember to say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Um, now, let me ask you a question. What did it take for you to become the world's fittest model? So you talked briefly about how you won a couple of these competitions. You started training. You started changing your diet, your, your habits. You worked really hard for 
your body, but what did it really take for you to become the world's fittest model? What was that contest like? And talk a little bit about that. Okay. Well, um, that all, my whole competition portion of my career actually happened in the first year and a half of all the fitness that I've ever been involved in. Mm-hmm. And so I've been in this now about nine years. And um, my first couple of years were, were probably the most modeling and the most competing. And um, I, I shifted gears after that because I really wanted some longevity. I wanted to do it the healthy way. I wanted to, to let people know I had a brain. You know, there's there a whole lot involved, a really, you know, big backstory there. But, but initially, um, I had done a couple of competitions. And, um, and I, w- I was winning, you know, I was this anomaly out there. I just looked really different, really tiny. There weren't as many, there's not as many categories or there's rather there's a bunch of new categories now. There weren't as many back then. So it was either bodybuilding or figure. And that's mm. really all you did. And suddenly right in the midst of everything that I was doing, these little, um, kind of fitness model things were popping up. And I was in Vegas, um, where we had the Olympia each year. And uh, Muscle and Fitness Magazine and Hard Body Entertainment, which was an, a new kind of um, TV kind of entity, they uh, they got together and decided they were going to do a male and female fitness competition and televise it. Well, it was only locally televised, but um, I didn't even plan to enter. I went and got a swimsuit at the last minute. Um, I was totally goofy about the whole thing, not prepared. And when I say goofy, if you look, look at any of the pictures from the competition, I was giggling my head off and laughing because I was so uncomfortable and didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> but I got up there just because I thought, you know, I'm, I'm still in shape from the last thing I did. This would be fun. I don't know what to expect. And somehow, I guess just the the, the fact that I was relaxed and having a great time, um, they chose me. And I actually beat out a whole bunch of really great-looking guys and girls um, come to find out later, they did really look at personality a lot, and we had a questioning, a question portion, and um, and I was just real casual and, and had fun with it. But um, I ended up winning uh, a $72,000 chopper, custom chopper, and I won um, a couple thousand dollars, which I needed to get that bike out of there and back to Texas. <laughs> I also won a cruise, and I won two cover opportunities. So mm-hmm. it was a pretty big prize, because... To give you perspective, the Olympia winner for the females wins $60,000. So my prizes were even more valuable than that. So that was a pretty big, big prize. And that was one of the last competitions I did. I'm kind of like a boxer. I'm like, I'm going to go out on a high note. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, this was in the first year and a half. You did all this in a year and a half, basically. I did. I did. Well, you know, the first year of doing this, I really didn't know what I was doing. I mean, modeling was not something I ever dreamed of doing in a million years. I never even thought I'd be doing the, the true winning thing. So um, when I started and I really got involved and everybody kept calling me and calling me, um, I really didn't have that many role models to look at back then. There was a couple of girls who were who I, I thought were pretty successful. Monica Brandt and Tamea Mayorova, she's from another country. They were gorgeous and in phenomenal shape. I, I could never even be as good a shape as either one of them, so I looked up to them. They were shooting these kind of sexier Maxim style kind of fitness uh-huh. things. And so I started shooting that kind of stuff, nice. and I was extremely awkward doing it, but somehow the photographers worked their magic and made me look better and better. And um, I found out really quickly in that very first year that it really wasn't adding up to any money or much sponsorship. Mm. I was I was getting um, a lot of attention, a lot, lots of covers. Um, I think in the first two years, I had amassed like 40 covers alone in just two oh years. Oh, my gosh. So it was pretty crazy. I mean, I was working constantly. I was shooting three and four times a month, um, flying all over the place. And it was tough, but it was exciting, too. And then um, and then suddenly, like, you know, all the social networking stuff was kind of growing. And I, um, the how it turned into, like, a real viable career for me was that, I really and truly, underneath all the, you know, all the sparkle and the glamour going on and all the fun stuff, my, my heart was in the fact that I loved telling people how I accomplished, you know, the body that I got because I came from a scary situation that potentially having cancer forever changed my life to taking control of that and really changing my life. And so 
there's so many women that, I mean, I had body image issues. I had all kinds of stuff, you know, growing up. But um, but I never really thought that there was a way to, to take control of that. I did every diet, fad, ad, you can, but anything you can name. My mom did it, too. And so, um, so anyway, I just realized that I really had a lot of really great things to share. And so I got on my space at the time was blowing up. And I got about 80,000 people, like, really quickly, Jeez. you know, friending me. And then um, then that grew to, you know, over 100,000. And, and I was, you know, virtually a nobody except for this picture on a page. <laughs> and people started talking to me. I, I typed into my fingers, but I had no relationships to speak of, none. So <laughs> <laughs> they just write to these strangers constantly. And it endeared a lot of people to me. They really appreciated that it took the time. And um, and I started just creating this really big following. And from that following, a lot of sponsors started looking at me and thinking, okay, wait a minute, if she's got all these people following her, if she tells people to take this certain thing, I bet you they'll all take it. So but that's when a lot of integrity stuff started creeping in, too. So I thought, okay, some of these people really want me, but they're all wanting all the people I'm talking to. How do I navigate through this? Right. So um, that first year was really, really challenging. I was doing these sexier pictures, attracting some really skeevy people, for lack of a better description. <laughs> I was attracting sponsors who really just wanted to use me and not really pay me much. Mm. And, um, and it was just a really, really rough road. Well, this little girl... She was probably about 16 years old, convicted me on, on MySpace. That was my turning point with my career. She wrote me a letter, a little message on there, and said um, privately, I want to be sexy like you. And, and I thought, oh, my gosh, you know, she's 16. You mm. know, I thought, this is all I'm putting out there is this image. And she has no idea that I'm really miserable sitting at home alone, typing to all these strangers, not getting paid much money, being exploited all over the place, right. and nobody's really paying me for sexy photos. And um, you don't get paid for covers. A lot of people think that you do. I've got tons of covers, and I think I've been paid for one, and that was because they were a startup magazine and really desperate. Wow. <laughs> but, but we don't get paid for covers, and the reason is celebrities don't even get paid for covers because they make sure to do a cover when it coincides with some publicity that they need, right. whether it's a movie or whatever else. So they're not going to pay me if they're not going to pay, you know, Brooke Burke or, you know, The Rock or something like that. Right. So. So anyway, so it's, it's all this, like, false, um, I guess, like, people look at you and think one thing, and they just really don't know the reality. So I told this little girl, I thought, you know, just just wait. You know, you don't want to be sexy at 16. And, and you know, God really worked on me right at that moment because I really felt, I really felt ashamed of where I ended up. You know, I felt like the devil had me right where he wanted me because mm. everybody was telling me how awesome I was and that I looked you know, great all the time and how cool it was to be on a magazine and all this stuff, but nobody ever really knew that I was pretty miserable. And I had left a really great job. Um, between that span of steering the roofing company, I had started looking for um, a home builder and I was their technical trainer. I trained people in how to use software. I had a really great job, great paying job, great job security. And I left that and told my parents, you know, I'm going to go do this fitness thing. That's me in a song, aren't you just so tired? <laughs> <laughs> right. So that not not one of the greatest, most proud, you know, moments of my life. <sighs> but, you know, that since changed. I took that moment with that little girl and decided then and there that I wasn't gonna take any more of those jobs. So mm. I was gonna make sure that people knew that I had a brain, I was college educated, um, that this really all the glitz and glamour that they that they see was really not very unattractive. I had doctors in my life. Mm. I had very serious stuff. So, so anyway, I I started um, trying to write and only write. I started submitting queries to magazines. Um, a query is basically when you start a story, you kind of summarize how you're, or you start it how it's supposed to sound, and then you kind of summarize the rest and you shop them around. Right. And I just, I just looked up online, how do I write a query? So I wanted <laughs> to learn what to do. And, um, and I, I just started doing it, and because of the notoriety I, I had achieved, so that I do know that that's a big part of it, the fact mm-hmm. that I had an audience that was a captive audience and kept coming back, right. um, that these people were more apt to look at what I was writing because, of course, they were getting you know a two-for-one deal, somebody who has attention and somebody who can write. So yeah. but fortunately, people started looking at that. Bodybuilding.com found me. 
they reached out to me and said, you know, we'd really like to work with you. There's a whole other backstory to that because when they told me um, what I was worth, that really didn't sit well with me. And so <laughs> I had to work work with them on that. And I managed now to get paid more than any other girl that has ever in the, in the history of what we do. Wow. So, but that, it was really hard. I was sitting down with like a room full of, you know, all men. It's a good old boys company. But my values align with the CEOs. He's a really great guy. I love the company. I love what they stand for. And um, and it just worked. Things were just starting to click. You don't get things unless you ask for them. And yep. I, was, I was nice but bold. And That's great. And before we get anyway. into before we get into the bodybuilding.com stuff, I wanted to talk briefly because you mentioned a little bit about your faith, and I know you're very open about it because you talk about it on Twitter and Facebook, and uh, you know you've talked about it to me in person before. Now, can you talk a little bit about if you get criticized at all for putting this out there online? Because you talk about your faith, but you're also in a very physical industry. It's very you know. Somewhat, it can be surface level for a lot of people, depending on how they look at it or how it's portrayed, uh, portrayed and things like that. So, do you get criticized a lot? And if so, how do you overcome those critics or that negative attention? Well, oh, and and I do. You know, unfortunately, in that first year and a half, um, when I was taking all those sexier photos, they spread like wildfire. Right. So I now I now get an opportunity to speak to a lot of kids at church and. Um, we're all on the internet, so I really warned them about, you know, the fact that that's going to be there forever. And I'm fortunate that, you know, I had enough, um, common sense to never do any nudity or anything, but, you know, some of my swimsuits of mine as well as are really embarrassing. <laughs> but, um, but, and oddly enough, I'm married to a worship pastor who mm-hmm. comes from, you know, a family of, um, his father has, is a pastor of pastors. So it's like, <laughs> You know, talking about a scary situation to walk into with that one, but um, <laughs> but anyway, you know, people are very very forgiving when yes. you're when you're really honest about what what you've been through in your life. I have not met a single person yet that has an unblemished past, and um, and really, I want to share exactly what happened in my life with my fitness career because there's so many girls that want to do it. It looks really glamorous, guys. Too, I get I get to talk to tons of fitness model guys. And um, and I really want them to have a true, um, true, real look at it. Now, faith aside, there's a lot of um, integrity issues, a lot of things that are, that are going to challenge your values. There's a lot of creepy, shady people, mm-hmm. you know, and it's really hard. You have to find some strength somewhere, somehow to say, this is who I am, this is what I'm going to be, and this is how I'm going to stay. Right. And for me, that was God. And when that little girl that was 16 said to me that she wanted to be sexy too and and I I realized then and there how shallow I had approached everything I knew that I needed if I wanted to stay where I was and if God wanted me there that I needed to work really hard to make this something that he could use me for and make it a way that you know it it was going to be it was going to be a good good thing that I jumped from this awesome job into the fitness world. Right. So, because um, I wasn't happy. I was really, really miserable. And I know so many people. I've worked with lots of celebrities. I've worked with people that are extremely successful. They have all the money in the world. They're beautiful or handsome. But there, there's a lot of people that are still really empty. And, and I've been there. And for me, you know, working on my faith and really diving into that and, and finding... And, you know, it, it was a real epiphany for me one day, and, and I didn't learn this until I was older. It's it's crazy to me that it took me forever to figure this out, but, you know, when we pray, we're speaking to God, but God speaks to us through the Bible, through His Word. And I've never read the Bible. And so I, I, I've gone to church a million times. I went to Catholic high school. I took four years of theology. I right. never read the Bible. So I started reading. I started really pouring into all that stuff. And, you know, it's... It's amazing what it will do to your self-esteem mm. and to direction in your life. It's extremely confusing, the Bible is. Right. But um, when you find a lot of really good devotionals, there's so many great um, theologists and, and just historians and all sorts of people of faith out there that are awesome. And that's one reason you go to tons of different churches until you find a church that really is comfortable for you because different people will deliver it and speak it a different way. And right. so I found those things, 
And I just felt really empowered with where I was, even though I was all by myself. I suddenly didn't feel by, my, by myself. I felt like I had purpose. Mm. And um, and so, anyway, I I don't mind that people ridicule me for it because I feel like it's my cross to bear. I welcome when somebody goes online and says, hey, well, how can you be a Christian if you've got all these sexy photos? Right. And I'm like, well, let me tell you. Because <laughs> it's my opportunity to share my testimony. And I think... Mm. I think it's awesome now. You know, my husband, he um, he was leaving at the church I walked into, and I went there to go meet a friend. It wasn't the church I went to. He saw me walk in because it was kind of a grandstand sort of thing. He was singing, and so he was very, he said he was distracted, <laughs> but he didn't know who I was at all. And um, and through talking and just getting to know each other, one day he decided to go home and Google me. <laughs> that was not a good move. <laughs> so... All these things pop up, and he's like, you know, grew, grew up in a Baptist home, you know, worship worship pastor, pastor kid. He's like, what in the world? Because this girl he's been talking to, my heart didn't really match what he was seeing on his pages. Mm. So I'm really blessed and grateful that he he didn't judge me at all by that. He was actually really intrigued because he figured there's got to be a story here. Right. And, um... And I tell you too, um, you know, Michael and I, my husband and I dated for on this trip. <laughs> dated for um, for about a year before we got married, and he never once spent the night at my house. And wow. so it was a, a very different courtship for me, something different than I'd ever experienced in my life. He didn't look at me at all in a um, in a sexual way. He, I've never felt more loved either than I did by by him you know, than, than by anyone than I did by him because he had to find ways other than physical to make me feel special and right. let me know that he loved me. And so God That's did cool. all sorts of amazing things in my life when I really started pursuing him first. Mm-hmm. And all the fitness stores opened. My my personal life got amazing. I wasn't supposed to be able to have a baby and three months after we got married and I have I'm pregnant. So wow. <laughs> so I think That's awesome. You know, I think when you just persevere through the hard stuff and all the ridicule and things like that, the Bible says to expect it when you're going to follow him. Right. Uh, if no. you do, you know, you're, he'll bless you. Right. Now, this is interesting because I just did a recent episode on this podcast where I called it The Power of Belief. And a lot of the great athletes in the world, the way I see it, the best in the world are believe in one of two things. They either have a really strong belief in their faith or God or the religion, or they have a strong belief in themselves. They're extremely egotistical and very um, selfish and just believing that they are the ones who have the talents and the athletic ability and things like that. And you, you notice this when you hear interviews after a big game. The superstar comes on, ESPN does an interview, and, and they either are the Tim Tebow's of the world who are like, you know, First, want to thank God and my Savior, and or they're talking about their faith right away and throughout the entire interview. Or the other person who isn't as strong in their faith is talking about themselves. You can just tell their ego is very in the way. And I feel like, obviously, you're the one who you're 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 the type who is beliefs in their faith, and that's really pushed you to become the best in the world of what you do, being the face of Bodybuilding.com, being on more covers than any other fitness model in the world, and really being the leader in your industry looked at as the, the go-to person. So I think it's I think it's something interesting to think about for people. If you want to really uh, excel in something and be at the top of your game of what you do, you've got to have a belief in something. And I'm not saying one way or the other way is the right way. I'm saying you want to believe in something. If you have faith and you want to really strongly believe in that and that's your support system – then you should believe in that if you want it to help you get to the next level or believe in yourself. You know, and it might be a combination of both. Maybe you believe in yourself a lot as well. And that's really what helps you take it to the next level. But the people that I see who aren't reaching the type of success or getting where they want to be, they usually have a lack of belief in everything. So that's just something that I'm noticing from from what you're talking about, and I think it's really interesting that you that you have such a strong belief and you put it out there like that. So uh, I'm excited for what's the future is going to hold there. I want to go on to something about um, supplements really quickly, 
And I want to ask you about goal setting and a few other things as well. But I want to talk about supplements. I just had a, a, another a vegan expert on the uh, on the most recent episode. His name is Rich Roll. He's a ultra marathoner, ultra Ironman uh, runner, and and competitor, and you know runs fifty miles at a time and bikes and swims ten miles and all the crazy stuff as an extreme uh-huh. endurance athlete. And he used to be fifty pounds overweight. Changed his life changes diets he used to eat only fast food just like you and myself and uh, then he went to a completely vegan plant-based diet and i want to talk about your views on healthy eating and supplements so should we be eating what should we be eating in general and what supplements are good for us to achieve greatness mentally and physically all right well my views on things is, first and foremost, livability, and is it realistic? Mm. You know, you're, the guy you were just speaking to sounds like an uber-amazing athlete. Yep. That's not me. I get winded going to the mailbox. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a cardio nut. I, I like lifting weights. Um, I like dancing. You know, I have different hobbies and stuff that I like to do, and, and I eat to support those hobbies. He likely eats to support his right. running and all the activity that he does, too. We all do. Um, so the first thing I, I always tell people when they ask me about eating is I, I like to figure out what they're doing. You know, I want to know what they're doing so I can recommend the right kind of thing to help them support support those goals. You know, if somebody's trying to be stronger, I'm going to have them eat differently than somebody who's just trying to lean out right. or somebody who's running. So, um, so anyway, for me, because my life's about balance, I want to be, there's a difference. I always try to tell people there's a difference between eating to be healthy and eating to be lean. And when you bridge that gap, that's when you found the good place to be. Because mm-hmm. I want to be lean, but I also want to be healthy. And if you go over to the too lean side, you're suddenly unhealthy. There's anemia to worry about. There's um, a lot of people overtrain, overexercise, and you actually, you know, you hurt your body doing that sort of stuff. Sure. So, so anyway, so for me, I do, you know, there's all sorts of diets out there. And here's the first thing I tell people is um, if you want to be vegan, that's awesome. If you want to be gluten-free, that's awesome. If you want to be paleo, that's awesome. But I always have people at least start with the lean proteins, complex carbs, and the healthy fats. And the first thing I want them to do is just get rid of the chemicals. That's all I care about. If you just get rid of the chemicals, you know, that that in itself will make you start dropping weight. Right. Because most of the things that have chemicals in it are terrible for us. Right. So, I'm not a, an awesome cook. I'm decent at it. I get to publish some, some of my little quirky recipes. But um, but I do, I enjoy cooking at least a little bit. And so if I have people that say, hey, I just don't like cooking, well, you're probably looking at an uphill battle. You've got to learn to actually prepare some of your food because it's the, it's the stuff made with love at home that's going to be better for our bodies. Sure. And so all these whole foods is really what you need. And then once you start eating like that, the next thing I want people to do is say, okay, well, you know what? I've been exercising. I've been eating this clean and healthy diet, um, and my gut's still distended, or I still feel like I'm not making the progress I need to make. Well, then you switch to a gluten-free or a paleo mm. or something like that. And until you have... A, a, a starting point, you really are just jumping into sort of a fad and trying it. Now, if you're vegan, vegan's different because a lot of those, that's for ethical reasons because they don't, you know, of course, they love the animals, which I too, I tried to be vegan. I was terrible at it because I just was always hungry and I could never feel satisfied and I was tired. So, sure. um, so I've tried several of these diets, but nothing seems to support, again, the activity that I do. Um, so better than what I currently do, which is just lean protein, complex carbs, and healthy fats. So for me, I just tell people, hey, let's start there. And then if you're um, if you're running, you're going to need a lot more carbohydrates. If you're um, trying to build strength, you're going to need, again, a lot more carbohydrates. And then if you're somebody who's just trying to lean out, there's several different approaches you can take for that. Sure. So there's no one right answer. That's why a lot of times getting a professional involved really helps kind of demystify the whole thing. Yep. But um, but doing it on your own, the very first step to do is just get out all the chemicals and eat proper portions and eat some lean protein, complex carbs, and healthy fats. Nice. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'm al- I'm always talking about how people should be hiring coaches for every aspect of their life, whether it be fitness or business or relationships. I think having a coach and a support system is the best um thing you can do to really excel in anything. And you mentioned somewhere 
that setting small goals and staying connected to peers is a source of motivation for you. Can you tell me more about how you use those sources of motivation to help you, especially through maybe a rough patch uh, that you may be having in your life? Sure. Um, yeah, you know, accountability is huge mm. when you're trying to reach a goal. So, and then, and then once you put it out there and you say, hey, this is the goal I want to reach, you're really not being held accountable for anything. Like when, when I mentioned earlier that my mom was going to do the my, my diet that I gave her in the workout, um, I walked away that day really frustrated because she had so many questions and she wanted to change a ton of things. Well, guess what? She didn't tell me she started because she didn't want the accountability. She had fear of failure. And she didn't do the whole program the right way. She lost some weight, which I'm really proud of her because she was able to do that. But she didn't do it right, so she had to go back and wanted to do it again. And so I really find when you put something out there, you're holding yourself accountable. You have people that will, you know, share it with you. They'll, they'll cheer you on. Um, I often get asked by people, well, well, there's also these people that are all trying to derail you, too. Well, I get clever, and I just try to enlist them. I, I challenge them, and I say, okay, if you see me grab for this thing or whatever, you get on to me, you know? Sure. I, instead, I recruit them instead of let them try to, to derail me by tempting me and stuff like that. But, um, but also, another thing of accountability is uh, when you do the coach or trainer, um, life is just crazy. I mean, we all live in, like, fast-forward constantly, and there's always a million things piling up on your plate. It's really, really easy to get distracted by things, whether you're working on business goals, fitness goals, anything. Right. So um, a coach is their job. I mean, they're supposed to bring you back to, okay, what's the next step, next step, and keep you on track. They watch. They push you through, you know, each stage so that you continue to make progress. That first year of competing, I would have never been able to do it without the help of my trainer and my nutritionist because I, I was totally... Like flying blind, I didn't know what I was doing. First of all, and second of all, I was trying to be this fitness model. I was all over the place. So, <laughs> so having that sort of thing allowed me to do the, all the fun stuff because I had them doing all the hard work for right, me. Right. I just had to go through the motions. So, um, and then another thing, bodybuilding.com is one of the largest websites, you know, online. Their their forum is larger than Oprah Winfrey forum. I mean, wow. that's how huge it is. But um, they created a site on there called Body Space, and it's got, you know, well over a million. I think there's a couple million on there now. Um, they just started it, like, a couple years ago, and it's basically just a site for people to share their fitness goals, to say, this is my before, you know, this is what I'm trying to do. Um, maybe they're competing. Maybe they're just starting their journey. Maybe they're morbidly obese and need help. I mean, all walks of life on there, and it's really for accountability because even a company of that size realizes that we can give you all the information in the world. That's what bodybuilding.com is, is it's just tons of information. You have to sell supplements, but that's not what their first goal is. If we give you supplements, if you don't know how to use them or what you're supposed to do with anything, you're really kind of moot. You're never right. going to buy another one. Right. So, um, so the CEO is smart. He gives you all the information, and then they also built that, that accountability aspect with body space because it's willpower that a lot of people lack with stuff. And, right. and I'm not immune to that. I mean, life will get me, like, I'll be feeling good, and then suddenly I've got, like, you know, two weeks I have to take off, and it's just sad how fast you lose stuff. Mm. And then I have no drive to get back into it. I'm not immune to that, and I don't know a fitness person that is. So having people encourage you, push you along, and say, hey, you've got this next thing coming up, get back to it, that's what keeps me going. Right, interesting. Now, you've had the opportunity to meet and train and hang out with some incredible people, some incredible business minds, celebrities, athletes, um, people who have accomplished some amazing goals. What are the few, I guess, common themes you see behind the success of all these people? Probably consistency and determination are two big things because I think, you know, all of us are going to experience setbacks and right. we're all going to fail, you know, at some point. And it's it's how you handle that and if you're going to keep going or keep trying. And, um, you know, a lot of the, the celebrities and stuff that I know, most of them didn't become that famous actor or that athlete overnight. You know, they, there was a lot of rejection involved. Sure. Um, even myself with bodybuilding.com, when I, that first year when I was experiencing all that popularity, 
I emailed them and I just wanted to be their amateur athlete of the week. And they said, okay, you know, we'll make you amateur athlete of the week. I filled out my little bio. I was so excited. And now every year at the Christmas party, I give this guy grief. But guess what? I never ended up on the site as athlete of the week. So, and, and it was a blow to my ego because, you know, there was, there was quite a few, you know, areas of rejection. I went to New York um, to find out if I could be, you know, like an Adidas type fitness model, which I'm not. Um, I found out really fast that um, this little Asian guy thought that I was a little too androgynous looking. That's manly, if you will. <laughs> and I was anything but at the time. I was teeny tiny. Um, he thought my face was too square, my hair was too short, all this stuff. And I said, well, your teeth are too rotten. And I just laughed. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, was, I didn't really. He was, he, he was pretty harsh. But I walked out of there thinking, you know, well, I tried it, and, you know, that's not really what I'm going to focus on. I'm going to focus on using my mind and, mm-hmm. and you know, what's in my heart, and we'll just see what happens. Right. Well, nothing he said really stuck because I got to do all that and more. But had I given up at that point when he told me all of that and just said I'm not going to take any more pictures or do anything like that because he, you know, made me feel like the ugly duckling, um, <laughs> I wouldn't have had the awesome career that I have. Sure. So I think it's really perseverance and just keeping, you know, just, Keep going, even when they're in the face of rejection. Right. What do you think are the biggest obstacles that make people quit on their goals or their dreams in, in business, in life, in sports? What do you think are those big big obstacles? Um, some of the big obstacles are probably um, family, time. Uh, you know, your, your priorities change as yeah. life changes. You know, even with me right now with having a baby, there's a lot of question of, well, she keep doing fitness? You know, what's going to happen? Well, you know, for me, I, I just get excited about the prospect of now I can do anti-aging, I can do baby fitness, <laughs> mommy fitness. Right. You know, you're not stopping me. I'm just going. <laughs> but, um, but I think a lot of times, you know, your your priorities change in life and time really kind of gets in the way. And, and you decide, okay, I like, I like doing this business thing or this fitness thing, but I also would like to, you know, have the, the awesome family and the great marriage and the love of my life and all these other things. Mm. And so the priorities suddenly are tugging at each other. And um, I've seen that happen quite a few times. Because you get somebody in your life that changes the dynamic and maybe they don't agree with what your goals are. And so you really, really have to stay focused on what matters to you most. And that's, again, where my faith came in. Mm. I was prepared to lose this in a heartbeat just to have Michael. You know, I, I wanted a husband. I wanted, I would walk away from fitness in an instant. I told him that early on, and, and I meant it with all my heart. And um, he is an amazing person because he, you know, he wanted me to do what was what made me happy. He saw that I could have a positive impact where I was and that I was vocal about my faith and, mm. and our values lined up. And so... You know, it worked. I was, I had good support in my life, but not everybody has that. So I think a lot of times that that's kind of what will will make people falter. So they have to really know what they want. Right. Okay. Cool. I got a couple questions left for you now. A lot of people are on the hunt for quick fixes, especially in fitness with all the different diets and the different uh, work type of workouts. Everyone wants a quick fix to get fit or healthy within you know a month or less or a couple of months. The same thing happens in business. People want to learn how to make money really fast. They want to just have a quick fix so they can increase their business without putting in the real work. So what should people really be doing if they want to have something that they create uh, gains long-term as opposed to quick fixes? What are the things they should be focusing on as opposed to the quick fix? Well, there's a reason that the saying easy come, easy go <laughs> is popular because it's true. Right. And, um, you know, it, especially in the sense of fitness, um, it, it's not easy to stay fit year-round. Yeah. It's, it's, you've got to make a conscious decision every single day about what you're eating, about how you're exercising. Now, when it becomes a lifestyle, that decision becomes commonplace and you enjoy what you're eating. Mm. Um, I, you know, even being pregnant, I started eating a bunch of junk and, and boy, could I feel it. <laughs> and so I had to get back to eating normal like I, I was eating before because to me now that's the new normal. Right. So, um, but uh, I think... Um, what do you what should people really be doing to develop oh yeah go I ahead gotcha. i get off on a tangent it's it's all good. <laughs> anyway um 
you know, to to really take uh, to to be able to stick to something, you know, like fitness long term, or make it, you know, a lifelong change or anything like that, or your um, whether it's business and all that kind of stuff. To me, it's it's making it realistically fit into your life, mm-hmm. like in what your your. To me, it all goes back to heart, I guess, too, because it's like if it's something you you really really want, you've got to make time for it every day. You've got to fit it into. Um, your life every single day to where it realistically makes sense. Because if you go all in on that business thing really quick, you can crash and burn really quick. If mm-hmm. you go all in on that fitness thing really quick, you're going to get burnt out and crash and burn really quick. So mm-hmm. to me, the realistic you know, balance of life is going to help you have more longevity because ultimately you'll be happy. So take those baby steps to really get started or to really get get acclimated rather, you know, from and, and learn about um, whether it's fitness, business, whatever it is you're doing, um, master those things, and then you progress as you go and you become an expert in whatever it is you're doing, expert sure. in fitness, expert in, and, and those things will translate into longevity in all sorts of ways. Maybe it's not, maybe it's not even the, the original vision that you had, the mm. business plan that you had, morphed into something new, or the fitness goal that you had to be the fitness model. Now suddenly you're a mommy rider. Right. <laughs> you know, you never know. Right. Interesting. Very cool. Okay, last question. This is important. What is your definition of greatness and how does someone achieve that? Definition? Oh, that's a hard one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You should have told me it's early. So I <laughs> All right. Definition of greatness. Well, I think I have to say... You know, my mom thinks I'm pretty great, so I think whatever <laughs> your mom thinks of you. <laughs> no. Um, you know, I think anybody who's great, somebody who's great is someone who just doesn't, um, they, they don't give up. In the face of adversity, they don't give up. Mm. They, it's again the perseverance. It's, um, it, it also comes to character for me. Somebody who's great is has a lot of humility. They're, um, they're, they want to be successful. I mean, who doesn't want to be successful? But at the same time, um, success has a greater meaning. It's not just financial. It's, you know, in relationships, in life. And so it's this well-balanced, well-rounded life to me. And I think if you jump into one whole area of your life, even fitness, and, and it all con- it's all consuming and that's all you do, that that's a really poor, poor approach. I think you'll end up a very unhappy person. So that's why the spiritual thing matters to me and my family matters to me and I like the business stuff too and I like the fitness stuff. And, and so I haven't mastered it at all, but, right. but even working toward having a balance makes me a calmer, better person. So hopefully, you know, eventually I can be great too. Yeah. Interesting. Very interesting. Uh, so where is the best place to people to find you online or connect with you online? Uh, well, I've been pitiful lately. I've been hibernating with this pregnancy, but you gotta make um, a baby. I'm, you gotta make a baby. I'm on Facebook. What's that? You gotta make a baby. That's a lot of energy. Oh, so it really <laughs> is. I've, I've never done this before, so I'm amazed at how much energy it takes. But um, you can find me on Facebook. It's uh, it's just facebook.com/slash/officialdamieethan. Um, and my last name, by the way, is Middleton. Now I did take his last name. It's just these goofy social networks. Don't let you change things once you have a certain number of people. So I feel bad because I've waited my whole life to have a man, you know, my husband's last name, and and now I can't even have it online. But (laughs) so, um, but you can find me at official Jamie Eason uh, on Facebook, and my husband and I are going to be launching a blog soon called like PeanutButterAndJelly.com, and the tagline is a match made in heaven because we both we both have very parallel lives even though a worship pastor and a fitness model seem extremely different (laughs) it's amazing how much we get to do together and he supports my career and I support his so we like sharing kind of that that duality with each other online so so that'll be up soon too so I hope you guys will check it out nice very cool and are you going to be writing a book sometime in the future as well you know I've had a few opportunities um I, I've been working on a cookbook thing for a while, and uh, I, I've recently been asked to write the spiritual side of stuff, which oh. I was really surprised about. But um, there's a lot of really crazy things about my life, uh, including, you know, like my real father and, and a bunch of things that a lot of people don't know. So I might, I might, I might have to do that. I don't know. I'm, I've been thinking about 
thinking about doing it more and more. I've written a lot of little notes and stuff on it, so that might come out. But I think right now my biggest thing is going to be focusing on the pregnancy side of stuff. Nice. I have some fun things that I'm trying to do with with video. I'm realizing there's not enough out there for mm-hmm. for women when they get pregnant about staying fit because there's so many questions with it. So, sure. um, and then of course post pregnancy, getting in shape. Yeah, I'm going to be able to put something together for that. And there's a lot of women that still haven't lost the baby weight. And now I've never done this before, so I'm being very bold and saying that I can. I think I can do it. But um, <laughs> but I've done fitness for so many years now that I'm just going to have the confidence that I can. I can put together the right program to help us all get that weight off. So that's going to be my other goal. Very cool. When you come out with some of that stuff, we're going to have to come. You have you come back on and, and talk more about that if that's cool. Cool. Yeah, of course. I appreciate it. Awesome. Well, Jamie, thanks so much for coming on, and uh, we'll talk to you guys next time. And there you have it. I really appreciate Jamie coming on. What an inspiring message and story. For all of you out there, I hope you enjoyed this as well. Feel free to hit up Jamie over on Facebook. Uh, I know she'll love your support and your comments. And make sure to follow all the stuff she's working on right now. She's a gem, and I hope you guys really enjoy connecting with her. Uh, Again, make sure to check out schoolofgreatness.com. And uh, to learn about all the other podcasts and episodes we have on here, we've got a lot of great episodes in the past and more to come in the future. If you enjoyed this episode... Let me know by leaving a five-star review over on iTunes and share this with your friends on Facebook or Twitter. It's at Lewis Howes pretty much anywhere online. I love you guys. Hope you have a great one, and I'll see you next week. But now-